I think the whole precedent of working from home, I think people thought that that was just a way of kind of slacking off, you know, being able to do your laundry while you're working from home. But the whole perk is about trusting the person. Welcome back to Pocket Money, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Sally. And I'm Mark. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about work perks uh, and entitled benefits, as well as juggling work-life balance. But we're not just talking about casual Fridays and uh, the odd office ping pong table. No, that's right, Sally. There is a whole new world out there. Companies like Google, Facebook, and Samsung encourage employees to sleep on the job with office nap pods. <laughs> sounds, sounds nice. Yes, sounds lovely. Uh, Microsoft reimburses workers up to $800 for gym memberships per year. And Basecamp offers its employees a $100 massage allowance. I will be demanding that from now on. Uh, there's also, you know, catered lunches, flexible working hours, and the option to work from home, which are becoming staples, not only in startups, but also in companies in other industries. We're really, I guess, expecting or looking for these perks as well. According to a 2018 study by the National Bureau of Economic Research in the US, 40% of Americans are willing to sacrifice substantial earnings in exchange for non-wage benefits like nap pods or extended leave, lunches, that kind of thing. But on the other end of the spectrum, companies like Slack have a work hard and go home ethic that values healthy work-life balance over all the trimmings. But the most important question is how these different office cultures impact our work-life balance and society at large. How does work perk culture differ around the world and how did companies justify this investment to begin with? Probably most importantly for you, we're going to be raising the topic of how employees can raise work perks and benefits with their own employers. But to find out, we're going to be chatting with Daniela Meyer, Indeed.com's HR director, uh, who works across APAC in Japan uh, and has worked across a few other industries as well. Yes. So uh, shall we head into the conversation with Daniela? Let's do it. Welcome, Danny. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you in the office. We're both really excited. Tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into this whole uh, line of work to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the head of HR for Asia Pacific at Indeed, and I've been at Indeed now for five years. I started in the Sydney office when there was only 13 employees. And at the time, we only had our Sydney office in this region and also our Tokyo office as well. All in all, we had probably about about 20 employees when I started and globally we were 900 employees so you can imagine the growth that we've had in five years now we're like over goodness we're closer to 10,000 employees globally and we've increased our office locations by probably by 100% it's been crazy, crazy. <laughs> it all kind of happened by accident to be honest with you I thought I was going to get into the wonderful world of marketing or you know something that was more creative um, in a sense and I literally just fell into human resources by just taking an internship at Deutsche Bank. Um, and then from there, it just kind of grew and I ended up falling in love with it. I think for me, I didn't realize how much I actually cared about the work I was doing and the immediate impact that I was getting. I think that would, to me was a huge reward in itself. And yeah, and I've been on this journey now for 10, almost over 10 years now. Just to kickstart uh, with the basics, what's the difference between work perks and then benefits that we're entitled to? A perk is if I've got some bike racks in 
the office block or there's a gym, you know, in the office. And it's something that I feel that kind of after three months loses its shine with an employee. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a benefit is something that is going to, I hate to use the word again, benefit you. That's going to be throughout the whole tenure of your employment. Do you think that that changes depending on where you live and the country that you live in? Yeah, absolutely. I look after all of Asia Pacific and I think the benefits and the perks for, say, our employees in India versus our employees here in Australia differ not too slightly, but there are unique differences between the two. Could you give us an example of one? Yeah. So I think a really good one would be with our medical insurance as a benefit in India versus Australia. India, it's very family orientated. The household does include another generation. So we tend to give, at Indeed, our medical insurance to our employees' parents as well, which is really, really interesting. And then here in Australia, you know, your medical benefit would include things like, you know, being able to go to get acupuncture, more holistic kind of medication as well, compared to India where it's like hospital coverage and being able to see a doctor in an emergency. That I don't know if that kind of gives you a taste. And then yeah. perks-wise, yeah, you know, having really good catering in our India offices just imagining all of those like delicious curries. <laughs> well, I'm there next week, so I can definitely send you a picture of exactly what it looks like. It's insane. Like you've got people literally making rotis for you right in oh, front of you. Nice. I know it's insane, but that's the kind of like food is very, very important in our India offices because mm -hmm. people do tend to work different hours. So having like a full staffed kitchen is really, really important. So obviously you've been working in the industry for quite a while now. What would you say some of the biggest trends that we're seeing uh, in companies in regards to work-life balance and these work perks and benefits would be in, in 2019? Work-life balance is a huge one, not only going into 2019, but, you know, beyond that. Mm -hmm. I think benefits has completely evolved just in the last four years, to be honest with you. I think the whole precedent of working from home, I think people thought that that was just a way of kind of slacking off or being able to do your laundry while you're working from home. But the whole perk is about trusting the person, right? And I think, you know, we need to be able to treat people like adults in order for us to be able to do that. And I think we've done that really well at Indeed, where we've basically said, yeah, absolutely, working from home is really important to us because work-life balance is so important to us. So, you know, I know I practice that with my own team. You know, if they need to have a day at home, I mean, goodness, there are days sometimes that I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, at least it's just in a meeting. No, she's working from home today. <laughs> <laughs> the work day is completely changed. We're all accessible now, whether it's on our mobile phones or wherever we are in the world. And it's 24-7. We don't tend to stop, I feel. So having that work-life balance is so important. Mm -hmm. And I think I preach it's so hard with my team in terms of ensuring that when they are on annual leave that they're taking that time off or on the weekends like I don't want to see emails on a Saturday or a Sunday like even on a Friday night and look I'm guilty of it but I think that's a really great example of how our work life has kind of crossed that boundary into our personal lives now. And do you feel that these big headlines that you hear about you know things like nap pods and all those other kind of more on the periphery work perks do you reckon those are the exception rather than the norm when it comes to the trends? Yeah. But then again, I do think it's going to become the norm. When I was starting earlier in my career at one of these investment banks that I worked at, they had 
nap pods, but it wasn't called that back then. And now we're really kind of plugging that, that that's where you can kind of switch off your mind. I know like the gym I go to have them and I, I don't know if I could personally do that, but I have seen people do it. I've seen people do it in other offices, especially in my engineering kind of side of the office. It is becoming the norm. And you've said that these perks have become a lot more prevalent over the last four or so years. What do you think that says about what people expect from their jobs and their work-life balance and and these perks? I love it when new people start in the organisation because it's still bright, shiny, new. The free lunches, the happy hours, all of those things that kind of create a work environment are amazing. I have to bring this up. We had an issue in our Sydney office where tuna and rice was part of our snack cupboard. Mm -hmm. Always from the time that I joined, indeed, for some reason, tuna and rice was the thing. Um, (laughs) We recently took it away. Oh my God. What happened? What happened? (laughs) And this is really interesting to me because I spoke about something like this when I was on a panel with Jamie, who's your head of TA, last year. And someone asked, well, what happens if you take something away? And I I couldn't actually answer the question. I just thought, well, there'd be mutiny, right? Well, there was. There was mutiny. I've (laughs) never seen people so upset by one thing that was taken away. Look, it's back now. <laughs> but, but I, all is well. Yeah, all is well. And even I was a little bit like, well, why, why, why didn't I know about this? Like, why did it get taken yeah. away? Even though I don't eat any of it. But it was so interesting to me in terms of like our employees, their behavior and their way of thinking. Like, this is something that they've always known to have. And then all of a sudden it's been taken away. And it was such a small thing. That to me was a pivotal moment where I was like, I'm never taking anything away again. <laughs> You hear a lot of the companies that are leading the charge with all this stuff. Like, for example, I was just looking at uh, Facebook's employee yeah. benefits and they're just there's this huge list with things like paid parental leave and um, family planning support. Mm. Where do you see these perks mostly being offered? What industries? I think the tech industry is definitely high. It's like it's number one. With the way Google have revolutionized the way benefits have played out in the market is is insane. Tech is number one. And I think the reason for that is because there is that whole work life balance. Like, you know, we want to be able to benefit our employees, not only at work, but also into their home lives and their personal lives. Going to your like parental leave, you know, at Indeed, we basically have done six weeks of secondary caregivers leave, which is huge. That's a huge benefit to have. And you can choose how you want to take that. But six weeks as a secondary caregiver, when your child is born or when you adopt, that's a huge benefit. But I think we have put so much focus on all the other things like medical insurance. But I think what really matters is, well, if there's a new addition to your family, how as a business are we supporting you? That's really, really been interesting for me to see how companies have completely kind of switched their focus onto that. Do you notice any industries that are particularly lagging? Because I sort of see some of these, I suppose, more traditional industries and I kind of wonder whether they would ever offer things that are like that or more innovative? I do think that there is going to be a time where people have to catch up. But the level of perks that they offer in other industries, like for instance, mining, I think that's completely different because I think the needs there are different. You know, for tech, we have over... 500 engineers in this region, for instance, and we're ensuring that we're getting not only the best out of them at work, but we're also supporting them outside of work as well, Mm -hmm. because there is so much of their time that they're putting into 
the things that they're working on. I think a really good example is my Tokyo office. I've got very different offices there, but I think my engineering office, my most inclusive office, we've got people from all over the world that work there. We bring them into Tokyo. We make sure that they are completely looked after. We've launched last year a language learning component because obviously Tokyo is the toughest place to assimilate. But I think we're ensuring that they feel supported not only at work, but outside of work as well. So we've launched like a language learning program where they can choose how they want to do it. It can be one-on-one lessons, uh, it could be online, or you can go into a classroom setting and basically help them with having Japanese language skill set for outside of work. From basically making a reservation with a restaurant to answering the phone to getting the delivery man to deliver a washing machine. For us, that may not seem like, oh, well, that's not a big deal. It is. Mm. It's such a big deal when you're in a place where English is not primarily spoken. It's like a concierge service. Yeah. 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 That's an awesome benefit there. The feedback I've gotten is really good. And I think it's something that we're going to continue doing, but it's been great. Have you noticed any other trends or interesting uh, work perks from places like, I understand you've worked in Brazil. My partner's Brazilian. I know that it is quite different. Just in general, work-life balance is different over there. So Very different over there. There was a time there where I was looking after our Brazil office, which was based in Sao Paulo. So I was looking after that for about a year. And from a, medical insurance is so important, you know, especially with any employer. It's something that is top of mind with anybody that's starting with us there. I know that there's other things there as well. Like you have like a 13th month of extra yes, salary and yes. things like that. So it is a bit of a different so landscape. It is heavily governed by their labor office. They're very much governed by that. So there is like the 13th salary and there's always that, you know, you have to get that 5% increase every year because that is statutory. So there oh, are wow. statutory benefits there that we need to kind of comply with. You know, I think an interesting one as well, going back to that work-life flexibility, I don't know if you know this, but um, a lot of my employees have designated days on when they can be on the road. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. So for instance, you know, my uh, HR business partner down there, you know, she'd say, Danny, I can't get to work at this time because I have to be on the road between these hours just to kind of help with the traffic situation. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. Like, yeah. it's crazy to think of, like, some of the legislation and whatnot that can impact, you know, your work-life balance and what you can offer your employees as well. You do have that legislation and that statutory requirement, but how do you kind of build on that? In the US, for instance, annual leave is, I think it's two weeks, mm-hmm. two weeks a year. And for us being Australian, that is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Brazil, I think it's 30 days. You have to have 30 days in a year. So what we did in the US and what we've done globally, we have an unlimited annual leave policy, which has been really beneficial for especially those employees that are like, you know what, I, I need to take like a break without having that worry that you've got no leave. Especially here in Australia, we've we've given our employees 25 days of annual leave and then we've got the unlimited annual leave policy on top of that as well. Do you find many people use the mm. unlimited annual leave? For me personally, I think I went into the negative and I went into unlimited you know, I've been at Indeed for five years and I couldn't believe that actually. I thought, what have I been doing? <laughs> Where have I Where been? Where have I been? Like, <laughs> and do you have any tips, Danny, for if a policy like that is offered and you're an employee and you don't necessarily feel like 
comfortable taking that perk. I know some places and in, even in some countries, like there might be a bit more of a culture where you have that perk, but you don't yeah. necessarily feel like you can take it. I think for me personally, I want to make sure that everybody comes to work and that they're their genuine selves and they're their authentic selves. And if they're not, then I need to, then I'm not doing my job. But if someone isn't feeling comfortable, I guess the greater question is, you know, what can I do to make them feel comfortable? And I think, you know, making sure that their manager is leading by example. I know, as you just heard, I lead by example with my annual leave. (laughs) Um, You know, I think answering my emails, maybe not, but like I I tend to ensure that, you know, if I'm going to have a break, my team needs to have a break and they need to be okay with asking and talking to me and having that open conversation. But if that conversation is not happening, then what is going on for you in that situation? I think that's a really good point, which is like, you know, it almost needs to be top down and the managers need to be encouraged to Absolutely. do these, to take advantage of these perks. Yeah. And we do a manager fundamentals training with, you know, new managers that have come into the business, people that have been promoted into people managers, because that is very heavy in terms of ensuring that they are doing the right thing by their employees. Because at the end of the day, people don't leave jobs, they leave their managers. And I know that is such a cliche saying, but it's so true. Yeah, They love the business, but ultimately is their manager giving them what they need in mm. order to grow have you found that the way that people interact with these benefits or take advantage of them differs depending where you are because I think I read a study that uh, in Japan only two to three percent of men take their allotted parental leave um, because of that cultural stigma around being at home and being part of that family life yeah have you seen the way that people interact with that differently, say in Japan or Singapore or India, the other places that you work? I have. So I think that Japan is a very interesting to me because also the law is shifting. For instance, there used to be five days of flexible leave, but now as of April 1, those five days are compulsory. You have to take those five days of leave a year. There is such a thing as being you know, overworked in Japan and it can have detrimental effects. For parental leave, it's something that we're constantly plugging. Our tech office do it really well. They definitely know how to take that secondary caregiver leave. I don't exactly know why, but in our other office, more of our sales office, where it is predominantly Japanese, we have found that, you know, not a lot of men are taking that secondary caregiver benefit, even though from a labor perspective, the Japanese government are heavily promoting it. Mm. So yeah, so we are heavily promoting it and we have had a lot of managers actually take it and they're doing it in allotments as well. So it could be, you know, one week here, two weeks the next month, or they're breaking it up, which is really, really positive to see. Yeah. And if it's culturally ingrained, having that legislation in there might be the only way that you can really break through that. But also I think being a US company in Japan, seeing your other counterparts from all over the world, taking that benefit, I think it's kind of giving you the permission of, okay, maybe it is all right for me to do it. Instead of comparing yourself to other people in your country, you're comparing yourself to other people in the organization. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Where do the economics of these perks come into it from a business's perspective? Like how does a business make a case for the ROI of these perks, because some of them seem like they could be expensive. They are. (laughs) Not going to lie, they are. And our head of Total Rewards, Michael Getland, will definitely tell you that. Like, they are, but they're worth it. From the first time we're interviewing a candidate or even when we're hiring, I think from there all the way through until the employee's whole journey 
at the company, it tells a really great story. And I think for me, the most important part of my job is ensuring that if every single person that decides to leave Indeed, that's great. You're not going to be working at a company forever. It's just the fact of life, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But hanging up your hat at the end of the day and saying, this was the best place I've ever worked, then I've done my job. Mm. And I think from a benefits perspective, that goes so much into that. You know, I've been reading reviews recently about how good our benefits are. That in itself is a return on investment. Every single year, we evaluate our benefits and see how they're going and also what do we need to do to add on to them for the next year. And then we work on a case by that and then we pitch it to our CEO. And that's how we do it every single year. But it's assessed yearly. Wow. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we were talking about this earlier, there's companies like Slack that have a work hard and go home work ethic, I guess. So it's kind of like rather than offering all of the trimmings, they promote that you come to work, you do the damn thing and then you clock off at the end of the day and that's it, which I think is really interesting. And then kind of like at the same time, that's also supposed to be encouraging work-life balance and that when you're at home, you're at home. When you're at work, you're at work. Yeah, absolutely. Taking this a little bit personally, I think my husband does a great job at that. Like Mm -hmm. I am so envious of him. He literally goes to work, does what he needs to do and then he switches off from like 5.30. For me personally, I think it's just kind of changing my mindset and I think Slack are doing a really interesting job there because I think they are trying to change their employees' mindset in terms of like, this is our expectation of you. Um, And it's, you know, our expectation as well, but it sometimes happens where people work over that time. And I'm sure it happens at Slack as well. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's probably why they are really pushing that value now. They've probably seen a problem with it and now like, okay, no, we need to dial that. Yeah, I did see that. And that I thought to myself, oh, wow, okay, it's, being talked about which yeah. is awesome yeah. yeah definitely yeah what if you uh run a business but maybe don't have the budget to offer all these cool things like daily catered lunches childcare services what can you do if you run a business to treat your employees with some extra perks i think what's important is celebrating wins so for instance having a happy hour whether it's once a month or once a quarter, I think that's really important. Or even every Friday, just having something where you're kind of celebrating something because that's really important. And then I think another really great one is kind of having the ability to have your staff work from home. The reward you would get back is unbelievable. Now, look, if there is a job where you cannot work from home, then maybe having some flexible hours could work around that as well. Yeah, that's so true because I know a lot of people who work, you know, in education or Mm -hmm. government jobs and they're always like so envious and I'm like, yeah, I'm working from home today because they obviously can't do it. But then I do know a lot of them have flex days and whatnot and that's kind of like, yeah, a great way to compromise that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just kind of going back to like celebrating those wins, we've got a happy hour every single Friday. They're really important. It's not just so people can get free drinks and go out on their Friday night. It's it's about connecting with employees that you don't necessarily connect with on a day-to-day basis. But it's also celebrating huge milestones as well. Uh, for instance, we had our Pride happy hour, not last week, the week before. Mm-hmm. And it was huge. In terms of the level of engagement that we had, we had espresso martinis. We mm-hmm. had – like we went all out. Like our Pride <laughs> uh, IRG group went – all out and it was amazing that's awesome um we even did like a quiz on kahoot which i learned about <laughs> oh my god i know i had no idea what that was until that friday but it was great and it was such a celebration and it felt like a celebration 
Okay, so if we flip it and now go from the bottom up, okay. uh, if you start at a company or you work at a company and you do like the company, but you feel like there could maybe be room for perks like you just yeah. spoke about, working from home, things that don't really cost a lot, how can you raise that topic with your manager or management of the company? Ultimately, it's about doing research as well. Also, try and have an open conversation to begin with because there may be some things that your manager could point you in the right direction. Also, your human resources department are good. (laughs) You know, we're good guys. I think that's really important, you know, having that conversation with someone in HR and explaining, hey, like I've been reading up about all these things. Is there room for improvement? Because the majority of HR departments are approachable. Doing your research, kind of building a case on your specific situation, I think is incredibly important. And then just kind of going from there and just kind of having that conversation. Now, what I'm saying is you're not going to obviously get a result like that, Mm -hmm. but it's a continuous conversation. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to discourage anyone from not having the conversation because it's so important. And I guess if you don't voice those opinions, then they'll never get addressed. Like we have plenty of perks here. We're very lucky, but I think there have been a few things where people have been like, actually, why don't we do this? And then, yeah, it's only until it gets raised to somebody in HR that, you know, it really gets worked on. I've had some interesting ones in the past where I've basically said like no oh, oh my really? god please dish uh, i think <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> i like got the popcorn <laughs> no i have i've had so sometimes i'm like thinking to myself i love the creativity behind it, love it. <laughs> but you need to have a look at it from a bigger scope and I suppose that comes back to what you said before, which is research before you're going to yeah. ask for a perk. Like think about who would actually benefit. Yeah. Is, is it just you or is it and quite a few exactly. people yeah. in the office that would benefit? Yeah, Exactly. So what do you think about the idea that some of these perks and benefits, like obviously they entice like new people to join yeah. the company, yeah. you know, stuff like bike racks and those mm-hmm. sorts of perks. It's like, yeah, cool. Or like even catered lunches. Like it's mm. amazing when you first start, but then the shine eventually wears off. What do you think about the theory that maybe some of these things are designed to get people to say work longer, spend more time at their jobs? Because I know when I've told people that we have catered lunches at our work, their response is, oh, but you know, that's so that you don't take a lunch break, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm taking a lunch break too. Yeah. <laughs> what am I that, that is so but, interesting. Yeah. I think the premise of the catered lunch is not to kind of make you stay in the office, by all means, like go get some fresh air, go and do your thing at, you know, at lunchtime. We have catered breakfast every single day. And that to us is, hey, we know how important you work. And also we want to make sure that we're providing something that's healthy and, and something everyone's going to enjoy. You know, you don't have to eat it. And that's the other thing as well. You don't have to eat the catered lunch. <laughs> like, yeah, right, we're not yeah. We're not forcing you. Like, God, I've, there are days that I've take myself out because again entitlement right here (laughs) (laughs) because I may not like something so yeah I think that's a really interesting argument as well because it's not about keeping people chained to their desks it's not about making people feel obligated well you know there's catered lunch here so therefore we can't have a lunch break it's not like that at all but if you choose to have the catered lunch and maybe not eat it right there and then and go out that's cool too it's something that's so well-meaning that doesn't necessarily have that connotation to it what are your final thoughts or key takeaways that you would have a listener listening to this uh walk away with 
companies are invested in their employees. They are invested. In five years' time, benefits are going to be changing again. I mean, goodness, even in a year's time, they're going to be evolving. It's all about making sure that it's going to impact our employees really positively. That's the biggest thing. I want people to understand that there is so much thought that goes into this. It's not just something that, you know, you're like, oh, let's just put it out there and see how it goes. No, it's there's like research. You know, we do surveys because, again, it's about boosting our employee engagement and getting the best out of our employees and making sure that they, you know, are enjoying their work life. Well, thank you so much, Danny, for spending your time oh, with I us. Oh, I hope that was okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. No, it was really good. If you wanted to learn more about how to I guess, achieve a better work-life balance or even just more about Indeed and the perks offered as well as other companies as well. Do you have any uh, resources or, or anything that you think that people should check out? There are so many articles going around as well. I think Business Insider is a great one because I was reading an article earlier. But I also, people are more than welcome to reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. It's Daniela Mayer. We'll we'll provide the link. Yeah, people are more than welcome to reach out to me and uh, if they want to, you know, pick my brain. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That's okay. Yeah, thanks, Danny. (laughs) Thanks for listening to uh, that episode. That was a great one. Yeah. Thanks to Danny. Yeah, thanks so much, Danny. Really interesting stuff. Obviously, a lot of what we spoke about was from her experiences at Indeed, which is great, but probably good to take it with, you know, a bit of a grain of salt thinking about other industries and other companies as well. But yeah, it's really cool to see that this kind of work-life balance and this work perk culture is going beyond, yeah, like tech startups or tech giants like Apple and Google and stuff that we would expect. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, going back to the main thing that I sort of took out of this episode is that even if you do work at a place where you think like they'll never offer this you know you can just arm yourself with a bit of research head in there have a chat or you know maybe just even raise something simple like can I work from home one day a week with these conditions there's probably going to be possibilities that you maybe aren't aware of yeah and cliche but if you don't ask you you won't know (laughs) yeah that's right did you have any kind of key things that you thought were uh interesting about our chat today I guess like the cultural elements and how people interact with these perks differently depending on where you are was really interesting. And so many of the things that I think I come to expect from my workplace would be so different from someone else, even like culturally in a different industry in Australia, but then also beyond that as well. I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. As always, subscribe if you enjoyed the podcast, Uh, share it with a friend and help us get our message across. Also get some awesome new guests in. If you are interested, you can leave us a review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Spotify and the usual places that you listen to your fave podcast. Yeah, we'll make sure to include uh, some of the articles that we spoke about. And as well, if you want to hit up Danny on LinkedIn, we'll include uh, those links in the show notes uh, at finder.com.au slash podcast. Thanks so much again for listening. Uh, We'll catch you again next time. Yeah, with another interesting guest, I'm sure. Yes, another juicy episode. (laughs) Yes, all the the goss. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. I have to ask, Slytherin? How dare you? Would you not pick that? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Why Slytherin? So I started reading Harry Potter when I was like 
seven or eight. Yeah. And I always loved Slytherin and I had like a Slytherin club when I was in primary school. No. Yeah. And then when I would do like the tests on the website, I'd always get Slytherin. And then when I did the Pottermore one, I got Slytherin a few years ago and I was like, yep. Because <laughs> there was a time there at work where I just had a manager group that just wasn't doing anything that I was basically and I was like, they Slytherin. <laughs> It all makes sense. Two points from Slytherin. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Pocket Money from Finder. Head over to finder.com.au slash podcast for the show notes for this episode. The Finder podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before making any decisions based on anything in our show. Thanks for listening.